Good morning. Tuesday morning edition of In Focus here on News Radio KMAN. And it's our first Tuesday of the month, which means we're going to be talking about uh, issues affecting the city of Manhattan. And uh, the city commission has a meeting tonight at 7 o'clock, which we're going to get a preview of here with our city officials. Joining us uh, on Zoom here today, we have Ron Fear, city manager. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Brandon. And John Mata, city commissioner, also joining us here via Zoom. Good morning, sir. Good morning. Nick McNamara is producing things. He's our city reporter as well and joining us here during the hour and uh, appreciate him being on as well. Uh, of course, uh, it's been a, been a few weeks since we've had a city meeting, it feels like. Uh, of course, we skipped last week, being, being a fifth Tuesday of the month, and uh, now we get into the summer months and uh, getting closer to budget season, Mr. Fear. It is, yep. And actually, um, uh, next Tuesday, we kind of kick off our budget process. Uh, that'll basically typically will end up with a, a public hearing on the budget in September. Uh, so uh, with the restructuring that the state did on some of the budget parameters, uh, usually we end that up in August and we've extended that a month. So we get uh, started a little bit later, but uh, we'll start that process next week. We'll be focused on just some overall aspects of our finances, as well as uh, we want to share with the commission, we've kind of revamped our capital improvements program, uh, trying to make it uh, something that'll be uh, more effective uh, for us in the long run and sustainable. So we want to share uh, that with the commission and, and some of the aspects of that moving forward uh, and then start the budget process. There'll be several work sessions that'll focus on uh, uh, outside agencies and requests. I know the Social Service Advisory Board and the Special Alcohol Committee and a lot of the other folks that uh, meet that have budget recommendations to make to the commission uh, uh, will be uh, making presentations at some of the future meetings. The second meeting in June will be the focus of those outside agencies, second work session, so towards the end of the end of June. Well, this is a tricky budget year, I think. This may be one of the trickier ones in recent memory just because of inflation and, and everything going up in price. And, and I imagine this is going to be a challenge, John, as uh, you guys try to keep things uh, as steady as possible. Yeah, it's interesting because people concentrate on the mill levy a lot and people say, keep the mill levy down. Well, if you keep the mill levy down, you're still looking at probably 7%, maybe even higher on a property tax increase just because of the inflation factor and the property valuation. So I think we need to look at things, you know, really hard from the standpoint of even a flat mill levy is still a big property tax increase. And what can we do to, you know, help with that and possibly, you know, bring things down. And of course we've got ARPA money and a lot of money from the, from the federal uh, government. However, everyone's trying to get their hands into that. Uh, so we're really going to have to manage it well and see how we can, kind of give a little bit to a lot of people to um, help everyone out. But again, I want to make sure we help the taxpayer out as well. Yeah, just uh, kind of along those lines, it is a, a pretty unique situation. Certainly nothing we've faced uh, uh, for quite some time uh, since some of the, been quite a while since we've had some of these inflationary factors. And then uh, just the whole aspect of uh, uh, some of the markets relative to uh, supply chain issues, uh, just the uh, uh, increase in valuations from uh, the housing market and, and just property uh, aspects as well. We should get uh, uh, kind of a semi-official uh, information from the appraiser's office uh, 
later this month as to uh, what they anticipate uh, the overall valuation increase uh, will be. Um, and so that will weigh into part of that aspect as well. And then as, as uh, Commissioner Mata said, just the some of the other challenges uh, and, and Brandon, as you said, with the inflationary factors, which, uh, you know, don't seem to be subsiding uh, at all. And, and so, matter of fact, probably getting a little worse uh, as things go along. And so that's make it all very difficult and challenging to make those predictions. So what are things going to be like? Uh, this is the budget for 2023, um, you know, and a lot can change, could hopefully get better, but it could also get worse. So it's uh, just one of those things of uh, how do we look at our various revenue sources and uh, make those projections uh, for what uh, we might be facing next year. I'm curious if in, in the current year budget, if any departments are having to adjust because of the fuel costs going up just as much as they have, is or do you anticipate seeing some adjustments in the current budget? I, I don't know that we'll need huge ones. You know, fortunately, we've been able to to grow our reserves uh, uh, over the last couple of years. So from that standpoint, uh, the other good news is, at least to date anyway, our, our sales tax revenue has been higher than expected. But we are seeing clearly increased costs, uh, operating costs from fuel, and we will have uh, some of those impacts and uh, whether or not we can uh, adjust for savings within those departments and in other areas to make up for that, or whether we'll have to uh, dip into some of these uh, uh, surplus revenues if we have some, or some of our reserves uh, in some of those components. I mean, it's one of those things you can't just park your trucks and not use fuel, so uh, and do work. So you've got to you've got to compensate for that. Uh, you know, some of the other issues that we're dealing with uh, in the supply chain, for example. Uh, We've had some of the chemicals that we typically use in our uh, water treatment process that the uh, are short supplied and, and rapidly gaining in cost as well. So as we have to adjust for the uh, a substitute type of uh, uh, additive, if you will, that uh, is in short supply uh, and increased costs, some of those have doubled already. Uh, and just uh, being able to find availability for some of them are some co- important components of you know, we're certainly not uh, in any crisis situation on any of those issues, but we are seeing the impact of those increased costs uh, in all our operations. So there's no no doubt about that. That includes well, that includes cool that. pool chemicals. <laughs> One of the tricky things on that sales tax is we'll have good sales tax revenue, and a lot of that is in part to the inflation because people may still be buying the same amount of stuff, but because it costs more, we get more in sales tax. The question is, are they going to start running out of money, so to speak, and start cutting back. And so that sales tax increase won't really keep up with inflation because they're buying less, even though they're paying more. And that's a challenge for us because the, you know, our actuals uh, are lagging two months behind. So that's something that we'll have to focus on the kind of some of the state data uh, on what's happening at the state level and and kind of interpolate from that uh, based on uh, what we think might be happening overall. So, uh, but I agree. Some, uh, you know, the discretionary income certainly going to be uh, impacted, and and how uh, how that impacts uh, uh, our residents and and visitors and their shopping habits uh, will could be significant. Yeah, 
have to keep watching that. And of course, it's summertime and uh, I, I do see a lot of construction projects happening. I know I reached out this past week about what was going on on Browning. did get some information on that and I appreciate that from uh, your office there. But uh, we got a few other construction projects of note uh, that I've not as maybe as many as we had last summer, but uh, a few going on around the city. We do. Uh, you know, our crews are, are scattered throughout the city doing uh, uh, construction work. And then uh, uh, we occasionally have uh, water main breaks. This is also the time of year where we have a lot of structured maintenance in our utilities where we're uh, replacing some valves or some some size lines. And so uh, that kind of work continues uh, throughout the community. Of course, we've got some of our big projects that are continuing there on Kimball. Uh, hopefully the Weather will continue to cooperate, and our, our goal is to have uh, Kimball back open to at least uh, uh, one lane of traffic each way uh, uh, close to the end of the summer, early fall. And right now, it looks like that uh, is holding fairly well. Uh, the other aspects uh, that we have going on is in Aggieville uh, with the North Manhattan Project being the big one. Uh, they're making some uh, good progress on some of the utility line relocations and uh, we anticipate a few changes there a, a little bit. They're going to closure will go a little bit further to the north uh, through the Morrow intersection on North Manhattan. Uh, and some of the, I think the uh, Laramie intersection might actually be opened up uh, where you could uh, uh, go south uh, and, and access the garage even uh, from, from Manhattan possibly. So look for uh, an update on that particular project and that some changes in the circulation patterns there as uh, construction proceeds there on, on North Manhattan. But ultimately that uh, uh, work will continue and, and North Manhattan all the way to the Bluemont Anderson intersection uh, will con continue in that regard. So those are, those are our big ones that are occurring. We do anticipate uh, some asphalt work uh, and have, there's an asphalt package uh, uh, that's getting out to bid uh, for uh, the summer, and hopefully we'll have uh, that on uh, either the next commission meeting or the one after that. So, uh, again, uh, obviously the fuel prices and all of that will impact especially asphalt with the, the oil and, and the transportation costs uh, for those contractors that do that work. Uh, we're seeing those elevations as well. All right, very good. Uh, we do have a call here standing by. I'll go ahead and uh, get to that next. Uh, go ahead, Paul. Uh, good morning. Uh, beautiful day in Manhattan, Kansas. I have a few comments. I've, I've said for years, uh, hang on. I have said for years is what we need to do is learn how to save and not spend. Now, we're also talking about revenue sources, which the hotels, or have dried up the revenue source, which went directly to the Discovery Center. We have the taxes that are go going down, and every time you vote for a tax, it will never go off. This is more proof. I think everybody's trying to do a good job. I indicate trying to do a good job. I think we've got a good city commission. We've got good city employees. We just not need to start thinking and working together now. When uh, a large company like Walmart, you know what they do when they have a store that's not performing? They close it. They just close all their stores in Russia, but that wasn't because of non-performance. They're closing stores in the United States. They're laying people off. 
Target, I just heard Smores having big sales because they're not selling anything. So when you have something that's not performing, let's close it, i.e. the Discovery Center, i.e. we built three pools. We built a pool in City Park that should have been built in St. Louis. Things don't work in it now. Let's straighten things out. Quit spending. Listen to the people. I'm sure glad we have Mr. Mata back in the commission. And we've got some good people in there, too. So thank you all for what you're doing. Have a powerful forever. Thank you very kindly. All right. Thanks, Paul, for the call. Do you guys want to respond to any of that? I'll just say, you know, I think uh, obviously the Discovery Center has had uh, some impact with visitation uh, during the COVID era. We're anxious to see uh, how the new improvements uh, that was, we just had a dedication of the renovation of the second floor of the Discovery Center, about 1.5 million, uh, all in private contributions. Uh, if you haven't been by to see those, uh, it's gonna be something that's gonna, I think lead to a lot of increased memberships, uh, but also visitations because it is designed uh, for uh, a lot more opportunity for kids. There's a new traveling exhibit opening up uh, around baseball. So I, I think I'm optimistic that uh, that, that they'll do well. Uh, we are uh, no longer using the, the guest tax money to help subsidize that. We're using uh, special partner rec money to do that uh, where, when they do uh, end up a little bit short. But uh, uh, we're anxious to see uh, how these new exhibits uh, uh, really increase our draw and membership uh, for that organization. So, uh, but, you know, you know, being able to manage uh, different aspects of the operation are a key component uh, when you run into difficult situations. You know, it's what we're still in this, uh, I would say, uh, recovery mode for, for Parks and Rec, where we've had uh, uh, a couple of issues there. Uh, a drop in demand in some areas, but also uh, a drop in resources to do the programming. So not as many folks uh, uh, wanting, and we're no different than other folks as they can't hire folks to work at fast food restaurants. We can't hire folks to uh, help deliver some of those programs. And so you have uh, less number of work, workforce to be able to offer a less number of of uh, activities that we've had, uh, we weren't able to meet our original uh, targets that we've had in the past on our daycare, which is very popular. Uh, the summer daycare program, the, zoo, the, the camps that we offer. So, uh, and and so we're not, we don't have the same number. We have the program going, but uh, uh, it's down a little bit from what uh, some of the peaks were. And that's just a reflection of being able to hire enough uh, qualified individuals to to operate the program. So uh, that kind of analysis of uh, how uh, how things are functioning and what the revenues are to, to meet those program needs is certainly something we're constantly evaluating. Yeah, I think Rob said it well, it is a juggling act to be able to try to hold down the cost and keep the services up. But I think the caller did bring up some good points about what we were talking about earlier, which is the general economy that a lot of retailers are starting to feel it now and are looking at how they may have to adjust their operations. I mean, Amazon is looking at subleasing about 10 million square feet of warehouse space because they've seen a downturn. So, you know, while we're watching the inflation and that, you know, there is talk a lot about a recession that could be coming up. And will we see some of those 
you know, reversal? Do we really see some layoffs? Now, that could help a lot of folks who can't hire people um, right now, but how much could be absorbed? So again, just another thing we're going to need to watch out for as we do this budget and as we are going through these next couple of years. All right. Well, we're going to step aside and take our first break here on the program. More in focus in a moment here with our city officials on News Radio KMAN. We are back here on In Focus, News Radio KMAN 926. We're talking with our city officials here today, Ron Fear, City Manager, and City Commissioner John Mata. Of course, the commission meets at 7 o'clock tonight in Manhattan City Hall. Uh, agenda on the general agenda is pretty light. Uh, we'll get to that here in a little bit. I uh, want to talk about what's going on on the consent agenda here tonight, because there are a few uh, items of note, Ron, that we can highlight this morning. Sure. A uh, couple things there. We've got some second readings of some ordinances. Probably the main one there to point out is to, the second and final reading of the ordinance that uh, authorizes the issuance of star bonds. Uh, this is be for the Art and Light Museum. Uh, and this is a situation where we're uh, issuing up to uh, about 25 million, uh, 22 to 25. It'll de- it'll depend on where all of that ends up. But uh, I know they did have some of the uh, uh, advanced costing of that, and that's looking favorable for them. Um, they were a little bit worried about that too, with uh, you know just uh, the recession and some of the interest rates going back up again. And so, but I think. Uh, they feel pretty good about uh, where that's sitting right now. Again, just uh, the city does have to issue these star bonds, but the city will have no obligation to repay those star bonds. Uh, and the agreements that we have with the Art and Light Museum, they will be. Uh, it, this is more like an industrial revenue bond issue, where the uh, end user of the finances are responsible for repayment of the bonds completely, and there is no obligation whatsoever of the city. Uh, for, for repayment of these. So all of that is a private placement from a from that component of it. Um, and all of those uh, guarantees are are with the, the developer and, and not with the city, which isn't the case, wasn't the case with the first star bonds that we issued. That was definitely our uh, debt service. Uh, we had a moral obligation pledge along with that and had a substantial uh, debt service reserve fund. So all of the actions associated with uh, the issuance of those star bonds and all of the uh, agreements uh, that are necessary to close that out for that project. uh, uh, This is kind of the the last step in getting the financing for it. And so then uh, uh, they should uh, be uh, finishing their processes for uh, beginning uh, construction later this year. All right. Well, that's pretty exciting. Yep. Also, uh, we have a uh, resolution for, for the commission to uh, consider award of a contract uh, to Howie's Recycling. We did this is for the city properties on uh, South Juliet, at 620 and 621 South Juliet. These are our current shop facilities for primarily public works uh, and uh, vehicle maintenance. And so, as you know, we have a new joint maintenance facility that's under construction out by the wastewater treatment plant. And part of the goal in helping to finance that new facility was to sell uh, the existing parcels uh, and get those back on the tax rolls, as well as uh, utilize the revenue achieved from that sale towards a down payment for the project. So we would issue less bonds ultimately for the project. Uh, we had uh, three bidders uh, for these tracks. Uh, 
all local firms. Um, there was only one bidder on both tracks, um, and they were high on both tracks. So they could have been individually or uh, together. And uh, the total price bid for both tracks was one million five hundred ten thousand, which was above uh, our appraised values uh, for the property. And so. We're pleased with that bid and, and look forward to that transaction uh, to complete that. It won't uh, happen until uh, uh, next, probably February, uh, when we anticipate um, moving out of that those facilities and transferring those operations uh, uh, to the new joint maintenance facility uh, out there off of US-24 and Levy Drive uh, uh, on the south side of that intersection, which also... Uh, we have uh, a grant from KDOT to signalize that intersection and plan to have that uh, work uh, done. We anticipate uh, that project going to bid here fairly soon as well. Uh, so we're happy with those bids and, and pleased that uh, uh, that part of the plan worked out pretty well. Uh, so that was that's that's good news. Uh, other items we have some uh, uh, professional services contracts. So we've got. Uh, want to execute uh, an agreement uh, with uh, Kimberly Horn and Associates. This is for our ADA uh, self-evaluation program. Uh, just uh, around $300,000 is the total cost. We had a work session with the commission about that. Uh, of course, that price uh, originally was double of that. And uh, uh, so uh, we work with them to work in how we might phase in this ADA and self-evaluation program to get us to a point where the uh, city administration would be able to, uh, and city staff would be able to, to implement and, and maintain that program uh, going forward. But uh, having some assistance from the outside to help us do uh, a lot of the field analysis and the analysis of uh, our programs is going to be an important component. Uh, other items on there is uh, we have we've been doing some work on the uh, Lee Mill Village. This is an area that uh, uh, defaulted on taxes, and the city bought some of those lots back because we had a lot of specials, and we've been working to uh, resell some of those lots uh, and have been successful. There was a part of it went for a senior housing program, but it involved an existing HOA on all of that, and so. Uh, we've been working to uh, get out of the uh, developer business and try to sell those lots and no longer be a uh, controlling party of the homeowners association. So we have some action. Actually, earlier uh, there's a there's an item to sell one of those lots to another party, uh, but uh, we are planning to uh, uh, have the commission take action where they might uh, uh, remove the existing lots that we own. Uh, so they would not be under the homeowners association uh, and uh, uh, allow the uh, previous homeowners associations to recontrol the the various lots that uh, uh, that are included in the uh, remnant house homeowners association. So it's a, a amendment to uh, the declaration of the covenants and, and kind of gets us out of that business. We still will have some lots that we own; they just won't be subject to the homeowners association covenants. So. Uh, we should be able to market them uh, a little bit better and they're far enough removed uh, from that main homeowner association area that I don't think it will uh, have an impact on that and should help with the, the resale of those uh, particular lots so we can get those back on the tax rules as well. Um, those are the, the main items. There is uh, We do have an item uh, 
we recently, uh, or several months ago, had a, an agreement to assist the uh, LC Holdings LLC develop a new uh, corporate headquarters here in Manhattan. Uh, they uh, had been out to bid uh, for their project and uh, also uh, uh, realized some of the uh, impacts of escalating costs for uh, supply chain and other issues. So it came in uh, substantially over what they had anticipated. Uh, so they're asking for an extension uh, on their agreement to allow them to uh, do some modifications to that and try to get a project uh, within the budget they had established for it. So uh, the funding that we had uh, approved to assist them is uh, dependent on their capital investment uh, and the jobs that ultimately are created. And we have not provided them any funds, but they were under some deadlines. So we're this is an extension of that agreement to allow them more time to uh, reach some of those targets uh, uh, and still be eligible for some of the funds in the future. All right. John, did you want to weigh in on the consent agenda here a little bit? Yeah. Um, one thing I wanted to follow up with the, the star bonds and for the art and light museum and um, just emphasize what Ron said, that this, the city is not on the, the hook for those bonds. I still get questions to this day about how the city's taking on debt, not only debt, but also operating costs from that facility were you know, not obligated for any of the debt. And also it's a private nonprofit venture. The city is not involved at all at managing it. Really the, but the tax, tax, taxpayer is quote unquote losing on this is there is $43,000. I think that's right, Ron, of property tax. If you look at the city, the county and the school board, that since it's nonprofit, that's the estimate of what we'd lose. So. If you're looking for the cost of that, that would be what the cost of it is. Also, Ron talked about the ADA study. Um, I've gotten questions on that one. And, you know, we took it from 600,000 to 300,000. But the comments I've gotten is, well, you just reduce the scope. You're going to spend that money later on consultants. And no, that's not the plan. I think Ron explained it well. This is going to get us kick started get us the learning so that staff can then take that over and it becomes an ongoing program that city administration takes care of. And I remember I said that that night and even the Mercury quoted me on that. Now we've got some more emphasis on it. One item that Ron didn't mention was a second reading on the ordinance to change some of the um, operating procedures of the commission of which 99% of that I'm totally good with but I'll, I'll end up moving that to the regular agenda. There is you know, one item that I thought about when we passed it and I thought about some more and I'm gonna bring it up and it has to do with section 214, which is the quorum, which it says for a quorum that we would need four on a propose that we take that down to three. Uh, reason being like for Kansas Open Meeting Act, it's three. Um, also, well, I'm not gonna get specific with names some years ago before I was even on the commission the first time, uh, there was a rumor that a couple of commissioners were thinking of not showing up to a meeting so that you wouldn't have a quorum and couldn't do a vote. And I just like to get rid of that temptation uh, there. The other thing to take into consideration is that uh, it still takes three votes to pass anything, even if the quorum is three. You can't pass something two to one. It won't take effect. You have to have the three votes. So I think if people are concerned that, oh, you're somehow going to pass something you couldn't pass, that's not there. Uh, so you'd need a unanimous decision 
by that quorum in order to do it. So we'll see what the other commissioners think, but I'll be pulling that to the general and you know making that uh, proposal. All right, interesting. And uh, we'll uh, leave it there for now. We got to take a break, but we'll come back and we'll take a look at some of the discussion items on the general agenda here tonight. Stay tuned and focus continues in a moment on Cayman. Back on In Focus, News Radio KMAN. We're chatting today with our city officials, Manhattan City Manager Ron Fear and City Commissioner John Mata. Again, a reminder the City Commission meets at 7 p.m. tonight. They uh, do have their briefing session at 5 30. And uh, of course, if you can't be there in person, they do broadcast these on uh, cityofmhk.com slash TV and Cox Cable Channel 3 as well. Uh, let's go ahead and jump to the general agenda here and uh, a couple of discussion items. Uh, of note tonight, and uh, item A first is a discussion regarding changes to the governing body meeting procedures. And uh, I don't know whoever wants to start here. Sure, no, I'm happy to bring that up. And, and Commissioner Mata uh, gave a good introduction to it by the other items that are on the agenda. So the commission's been uh, kind of re relooking at all of our operating procedures uh, for the commission and the governing body and different aspects of that uh, really since the, around the first of the year uh, and making some changes. And for the most part, uh, a lot of those processes have been updated and modernizing uh, their current policies and, and procedures. Uh, uh, resolution was uh, last adjusted, I think in 2018, um, and so part of this is just to, to look at uh, structuring. And one of the things that's been talked about is uh, uh, just trying to do some things to streamline the, the operations of the, and the process uh, of the commission meeting itself. Uh, this discussion has talked about uh, eliminating the briefing session and, and changing the starting time of the commission meeting to six. So it's just one continuous meeting for that, and then there's a published agenda for uh, for all of that beginning at six o'clock. Um, and then, uh, you know, do we want to maintain some of the procedural times of uh, of when the meeting will end, uh, and just the process within the meeting itself, and and just uh, uh, how the different aspects of the motions and the deliberation on the motions and the uh, the, the, the process that the commission uses as they process items. Um, and some of them have uh, a typical fashion. Others have a different, if you have a formal public hearing, uh, depending on the what that public hearing is about, uh, there are certain statutes that guide how that public hearing proceeds. And so, uh, you know, there's just uh, uh, trying to modernize some of those things as well as uh, uh, you know, I think for the most part, uh, the commission's been fairly comfortable with their their process. Uh, uh, they're just wanting to to tweak it some to to make it uh, be a little bit more efficient and effective, and uh, different uh, uh, protocols and and uh, operating regulations for for how those work. And so uh, that's really the the discussion for the commission tonight on on updating the, the new meeting times, uh, uh, expanded voting and motions procedures, as well as uh, uh, one of the things that, that we, we wanna address is the ability to do remote participation and the guidelines uh, for how that should be accomplished. You know, it should be something that's not uh, 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 
routine as far as uh, you shouldn't use an excuse not to show up to a meeting in person. But if you have a a reason for uh, uh, being away and and want to participate remotely, that certainly should be allowed. And so, uh, you know, what are some of the rules that uh, guide that remote participation? And then, uh, you know, the process for public comments and uh, upon uh, uh, different aspects of uh, uh, items that are on the agenda. All right, well, John. I know uh, this, this has been brought up here a couple of meetings. Uh, the, the time the time change is interesting to me. Uh, what uh, what's driving that here? Would you say out from the commissioners? Um, actually, you know, staff made it as part of their proposals, but the commissioners were all for it. I mean, I was for it. I mean, right now we started at five thirty, and we have dinner brought in, and I don't think that time is too efficient for us, you know, eating and trying to get things done. So I think moving to six and we're not going to have the dinner uh, will give us time to have something to eat and make it down at the commission. And I think it'll just be overall, you know, more productive to get uh, started in that time. And it's still late enough for people to be able to make it down there um, should they need to. And then um, there was a lot of talk about the um, briefing session and, um, Sometimes it got controversial and people are saying, is that really noticed or not? And I think the commissioners also want to have a nice free exchange during that briefing session. Because, you know, because of the Open Meetings Act, you know, we can't really meet with, you can meet with one commissioner, but you can't meet with two or more. So it's hard to really sometimes know where other commissioners' heads are at as far as different issues go. So um, now we'll do it at the end of the meeting. So if people want to you know, listen to that, it'll be a little later, but it's always taped and you can go back and review it if you want. So I think that the new process will work well and, you know, hopefully we'll get some more freewheeling discussions between commissioners to really figure out where everybody's head's at when it comes to different issues. Okay. I, was yeah, I think that's really the, the change relative to the, you know, the briefing session was one where I give a, some general updates. We give some last minute information. If there's some new information that comes in relative to that night's meeting, uh, we tried not to talk about substance, though, uh, because that should be part of the debate at the meeting uh, or the discussion at the meeting. But, uh, you know, I've been going over the planning charts for future meeting, and I, I, that's an item that we'll move to continue to do on the regular agenda so that there be commenting. You know, a lot of times there's a, a commissioner or maybe even a citizen has requested a commissioner to schedule an item for discussion on a future meeting. Uh, and so that's part of that planning chart review that we do. And, you know, so it's, is it one of those things that the majority of commissioners agree that, that it's that subject or that issue is ripe? Uh, for commission consideration, and if so, uh, you know what information is needed relative to that. But also, it gives uh, uh, stuff that we are planning on bringing from an administrative perspective, uh, you know, and other work of other boards uh, as they make recommendations, so that the commissions uh, we can we can better plan, uh, you know, for those future meetings uh, and what information the, the commissioners might need. So that'll continue. It'll just be a different segment. And that's one of the things where, where do we fit that in? Do we fit that in at the end of the meeting or, or should it be something we try to cover between six and seven? You know, should it be one of those early things before we start the formalities of, of proclamations and public comments and that sort of thing. So that'll, we'll want some feedback on, on that tonight. And then uh, the other big, 
component for some of the briefing session is the uh, commissioners, various commissioners serve on other boards uh, of the of the commission. Um, and so it's their opportunity to kind of update, you know, here's here's what the MPO is doing, for example. Here's here's what the law board is doing. Here's what the Board of Housing Commissioners is doing, you know. And, and, and the commission is is really there to represent, the commissioner is there to represent the entire commission. So having that discussion about, well, you know, here's here's some things coming before that group, you know, I'd like some feedback on, on what you all think. So that's, we anticipate that that will continue and probably will, will bleed into commissioner comments, which is typically very early in the agenda. So uh, those, those are some things that we'll just have to kind of uh, massage as we go along probably is to say, you know, we we put that at the end, but maybe we should do that at the beginning or we put it at the beginning and maybe we should put it at the end. So it's one of those trial and error things that I think that we'll have to uh, probably one of the more uh, uh, interesting things is, you know, people have been used to showing up at the formal meeting starting at seven. <laughs> a, a lot of folks show up for proclamations and different things. And, and uh, you know, if, uh, if we get to that at six 30 <laughs> and they're not there, uh, that'll be a, some adjusting that we'll have to do, but the other things happen too. You know, I know the county puts a time on it, uh, which they, they have a time sequence of, and, and if they're if they're not ready for that, then they have to kind of hang around and wait for that time because that's the published time that they indicated that they were going to discuss that particular item. So uh, I'm not sure we want to go there. Uh, that's not the I don't want to go there. Use of time. <laughs> necessarily but uh, so we'll have those issues to kind of work through and then i think we'll have to adjust our agenda and then the agenda that's that's in the resolution as far as the topic and the lineup those are that's not a mandated order uh, we can adjust those as we go without changing the resolution so uh, i think it'll be good discussion uh, for the commission to have that feedback and i think it gives us some uh some good uh, uh, it, I think it helps with our transparency and, and the published budget because uh, commissioners write a lot of times some discussions happen that, you know, certainly uh, the public may have been interested in. And there is no published agenda for the briefing session. So uh, at least this way, they'll know that the, the commissions and, and we'll start uh, televising at, at six. All so. right. I got to squeeze in a quick break and we'll get to the last item right after that. I you're getting a little short on time, so uh, we'll do that here next on In Focus News Radio KMAN. Last segment of In Focus here on News Radio KMAN, and we're going to continue on with our city officials, Ron Fear and uh, John Mata, as we take a look at item B on the general agenda discussion regarding changes to standard procedures for city advisory boards and committees. Yeah, and Brandon, this is a topic again, we're kind of just looking at. Uh, some of our policies that have existed over time. Uh, actually, the resolution which governs this one uh, was adopted in the late 90s. Uh, so it, it hasn't been updated and modernized for some time. The city has over 30 boards uh, that they make appointments to. Uh, it's a pretty substantial and arduous process uh, and one that uh, the commission has indicated to, to administration previously that they'd like to see some adjustments uh, for that. So right now we have an online process and a form uh, on our online, but it's a pretty simple form. It doesn't have a lot of information there about uh, uh, about necessarily the applicant uh, or, or why they might be interested in serving on a particular board. Uh, the city also has some variability in boards. So we've had, uh, we've got some 
quasi-judicial boards or policy boards, if you will, that are not your typical advisory boards, things like the law board, the library board, uh, the Manhattan Housing Board of Commissioners. Uh, those are ones where those boards uh, do more than just give advice to the commission. They actually are policy boards that uh, make policy for that entity that they're serving on. They approve a budget. Uh, they may hire personnel. So it's it's a much more expanded view. And uh, the request has been that we should develop application forms that uh, provide additional information for the applicants uh, on that background and their their ability or interest in, in being able to meet some of those requirements. So that's a big part of it, uh, wanting to kind of overhaul that system uh, as uh, the application process and then maybe some different components for those uh, quasi-judicial boards, you have zoning boards that, that make those decisions for uh, the, like the planning board, and then you have others uh, for appeals boards that, that happen. And then you have this other big group that are truly just advisory. They, they are to give advice and information to the commission. So those are some of the discussion about uh, how we organize those under that process. Uh, you know, traditionally, uh, it's been the, the mayor's job. And, and as we've researched, uh, that is the typical nature uh, of elected bodies as either the chair or the, or the mayor uh, ultimately makes recommendations to the city commission for those board appointments. And the, the commission has the authority to either approve or not approve. And so uh, just just going through that process and, and different aspects of that is what we're looking for feedback from the commissioners on relative to uh, how we modernize that 1998 resolution to meet the, the expectations that we have today. John, I know you and Commissioner Butler have uh, pretty strong feelings about this item. Uh, yeah, one thing to we've had some controversy lately, but one thing everyone on the current commission has voted against, has voted against the mayor's appointment. When I was mayor, I had people voted against some people that I, you know, nominated. Uh, the big difference is we actually turned down um, some some people there, and then it was discovered and or interpreted that a state statute applies to our appointed appointees uh, for our form of government. The other forms of government elect the mayor directly. We don't, we do it by the commission. And the only power the, that the mayor gets is what the majority commission gives the mayor. So this, because we say the mayor does the nominating, uh, it's been interpreted that this statute applies to us, which means within 45 days, if we don't approve it, they go on, or we have to do this special resolution to say that they're unfit, which we don't want to do that. So either we're going to need a charter ordinance out of that or change our ordinances to accommodate that. The other thing is our ordinance aren't very specific if we turn down the mayor's appointment regarding then can a commissioner merely nominate somebody else because we don't have it written in there. It's being interpreted that no, the mayor just gets to nominate someone else. And obviously that wasn't the feeling of the majority of the commission that first night because nominations were starting to be made. A majority of the commission wanted to pick somebody else. And then the city attorney said, no, you can't do that because not that's not the way the ordinance is written. So we're going to have to go back and look at those ordinances because of these combination of things. And if we can get the charter done, then we can keep the mayor officially as the nominating person. And if we can't, we may have to change the ordinance to say it's the governing body that will do the selection, which is the way the law board is actually set up right now. So those are the things we're going to have to um, work through when we look at this. 
And one, we got to see, is there enough support for a charter? And that will then determine how we go about adjusting those ordinances to get to the place where I think the majority of the commission actually thought we were before. And procedurally, we just need to work through it. All right. Well, I'll have to leave it there, but that'll be an interesting discussion tonight. And I think people should tune in and uh, see what uh, the will of the commission is uh, on these discuss- again discussion items. No action uh, expected here tonight. So, uh, Ron, John, appreciate you both being on here this morning. Thanks, Brandon. Thanks a lot, Brandon. Have a great day. You too. And stay tuned. Uh, we'll have uh, much more coming up here on News Radio KMAN. Uh, well, we've got the uh, Ken Coleman Show, Dave Ramsey, and Royals Baseball a little bit later on today. That's right. Thanks for listening.